It is a big old day when you can say, I have completed the course. And um, it, it must be a bit confusing, though, for seniors because we use the word graduation and then we use the word commencement. Well, which is it? Are we finishing our course? Are we graduating? Or are we starting something new? And it's really both, isn't it? It's a crossroads in life where uh, you are completing something, but you're also starting. And uh, I wish that when I was a graduating senior, I'd paid more attention. And, uh, and I wish somebody had preached the sermon to me that I'm going to preach to you today. Today I'm going to talk about the winning combination. We're going to talk about young Timothy and how he stood out to the Apostle Paul as a new disciple of Jesus. And right away, Paul included him on his missionary journeys. Now that took some uh, achievement to be able to stand out so much as a new disciple of the Lord and then be invited on a mission tour with the Apostle Paul. Uh, I think Timothy had a winning combination. And that's what I want to share with you today, that, that winning combination that it takes to succeed in this life. Let's read about Timothy from Acts chapter 16. Are you with me? In Acts chapter 16. And the message I'm going to preach today is one I wish had been preached to me when I was uh, 18 years old and graduating from high school. In verse 1 of chapter 16 of Acts, the Bible says, And he came also to Derbe and to Lystra, talking about the Apostle Paul. And behold, a certain disciple was there. Now, who was the other certain disciple that we discussed about two weeks ago? Tabitha. Remember her? Mother's Day, Tabitha. All right, that same phrase is used to talk about Timothy. There's something about him that, uh, that uh, stands out. And uh, he is called a certain disciple. And his name was T Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. So he grew up in a religiously divided household. But that religious division did not keep him from excelling. And I know some of you seniors, uh, both your parents do not attend church, and some of you, both of them do. But you've come to a crossroad, you've come to a place in your life where you have to decide now who you're going to be. No longer will your parents have the impression upon you that they once did. You're moving into young adult life. And it will be up to you as to who you will be going fo fo uh, forward from here. Verse 2 says, He was well spoken of by the brethren at, who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, and they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now while he was passing through the cities, they were delivering decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. Now, what he's talking about here is the letter that was composed at the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. And the critical decision made in Acts 15 was that the Gentiles could become Christians without becoming Jews first. 
So by faith and faith alone, all became followers of Jesus Christ. And uh, that was good news to the Gentiles because they had no desire to become a Jew before they became a Christian. And that's what he's talking about, this letter in Acts chapter 15. And verse 5 says, So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. So whatever it was about Timothy that made him special, he contributed to the growth of the church. His life matters. And I want to say to all you seniors here today, I'm, I'm going to talk to seniors, but I'm talking to everybody else as well. Um, you matter. You really do matter. And you matter in terms of the future of the church. Uh, you matter in terms of the future of our society. Who we will become as a society is determined by the seniors that we are graduating right now. So you carry a critical role in all of our futures. And we believe that you've got the discipline. We believe that you've got some tools that you acquired in your toolbox in high school that you're going to use to be a success going down the road. Now, let's use some terms here. One's called success. What is success? What is success? If you've not had this written down, write it down now. Success is the achievement of a predetermined, worthwhile goal. Success is the achievement of a predetermined, worthwhile goal. It is measurable. When you've done it, you've done it. And you can measure it and say, I have completed this task. But to decide what your goal in life is going to be requires some work. And that's where the message comes in today. What is the winning combination of a successful disciple? Someone whose life matters going down the road of faithful discipleship of Christ. Well, one, always begin with the end in mind. Whatever you start to do, begin with asking yourself, where do I want to end up? How many of you have your senior yearbooks? Everybody got your senior yearbook? Anybody still have theirs? Any old folks here that still has yours? Okay. Um, how many of you open those up? And, and you go back to some of the signatures that uh, other people put in your book and, and you've kept. Have you looked back? No? Some of you have? It, it's, it, brings back, it brings back the perceptions that people had of you when you were graduating from high school. And you kind of measure that against how you really turned out to be. And, uh, and you wonder... Uh, have I really done the best I can with what I have? And if you're going to succeed in this life, you always begin with the end in mind. Ask yourself this question. How do I want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? That's your yearbook question. And uh, how you want to be remembered... Uh, will determine some decisions that you make that are going to be healthy decisions, positive decisions, good decisions, decisions that impact the world around you in a positive way or a negative way. 
You can either contribute to this world or you can take away from this world. And if you go into adult life trying to take away, trying to take away whatever's in there for me, uh, give me mine now, then you're going to find that your life is very unhappy. But if you're the kind of person that makes a contribution, the kind of person that says, I want to be remembered as a generous person. I want to be remembered as somebody who finished the course. I want to be remembered as someone who has no regrets. No regrets. I heard an interesting story the other day about a person in her senior adult years was being approached by uh, a man about her age and, and she turned him down. And he was trying to use her in her uh, single status, and uh, she turned him down. She said, I want to finish out my life with no regrets. No regrets. Always begin with the end in mind. How do you want to be remembered? All right, that's the first winning combination. Number two... Continually sharpen the saw. Continually sharpen the saw. Uh, when I was in high school, we didn't have these big logging, you know, machines like we have now. Uh, we had chainsaws. And the guy that did the logging uh, would uh, take his chain, two or three chainsaws he would own, and he would go out to the woods early, early in the morning, way before daylight, and as the sun was beginning to come up, you could hear him out there cutting the trees down, cutting the trees down. Well, after a while, one of those saws would get dull, and he'd pick up his second saw, and here he goes. He's cutting down some more trees. And then that saw would get dull, and he'd pick up his third saw. Here he goes, sawing those trees down. And after a while, uh, he was able to cut down. About 11 o'clock in the morning, he was done, and he'd go home. Well, when he got home, first thing he did was take that chainsaw apart, clean it, and sharpen the chain. You are only as effective in this life as you are sharpened to do the job. Equipped, trained, schooled, if you'll call it that, educated. Always continually learn and sharpen the saw. Now to do that, you need four people around you. Four kinds of people that will help you sharpen your saw. Now get this, don't, don't miss this. One, you need an encourager. Who is the encourager in your life that's helping you make wise choices, wise de decisions? Who are you walking with that understands you well enough to know that you're about to make a mistake and they're willing to confront you with it? Who is that encourager in your life? I read the other day that 28% we have with students that are being surveyed now in high schools, there is a, since the pandemic, there has been a 28% increase in the number of students who say, I am absolutely alone and lonely. A 28% increase. That is huge. We are crying out 
for friendship with people, not virtually, but in person. That we can walk through with life or walk life through with these people and they will encourage us and help us make right decisions and wise choices. That's why you need Jesus to be your encourager. Who is your encourager? A second person you need on your team in your life is a harasser. The harasser is the person in your life that helps you uh, to not take yourself too seriously. Uh, They're the somebody that will pick on you a little bit and bring you back down to uh, the level of reality so so that you don't think too much of yourself. Uh, If you are surrounded by an encourager all the time, um, after a while you begin to think, well, I I can make no wrong decisions. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Yeah, um, you need a harasser. Somebody that can bring you back down to reality and through their uh, picking at you or uh, understanding who you are and reminding you that you're just a a person, Uh, you are no better than anybody else, um, you, you might feel like you're something today, but, but tomorrow uh, be reminded that you are a human being and that you're going to stumble and that uh, life is hard for all of us and welcome to the human race. Do you have that kind of person in your life? Some guy back there pointing to his wife. Paul, is that you? <laughs> She's helping you keep it real, isn't she? She's helping you get to, to keep it real. Number three, uh, you need in your life a cheerleader. A cheerleader. A cheerleader is somebody that says, you can do this. You can do this. Uh, you have a goal. You've set what your goal is. You can do this. I remember when I decided I wanted to be a colonel. But in order to be a colonel, I had to take some PME. PME stands for Professional Military Education. It's the most boring government reading you've ever read in your life. But I had to read it, and I had to comprehend it, and I had to take the test. And I'd walk around the house going, I'm going to be a colonel, I'm going to be a colonel, I'm going to be a colonel. And my wife would say to me, you can do this. You can do this. And so she was my cheerleader. Who is the cheerleader in your life? Who is the person you're hanging out with that says, you can do this. You can do this. As a chaplain, I was asked to be a part of a a recovery ministry up in Ohio. We had um, a unit up there that lost 18. 18, that's a lot. Uh, One is too too many, but 18... uh, people died in that airplane crash in a uh, cargo plane. They were flying back from summer camp down in uh, Florida somewhere, and on the way back, um, the airplane was not configured uh, pro- pro- properly. The, you know, the weight and balance in the airplane was not configured like it should, and as they ran out of gas, they ran out of wheel. You know, they couldn't fly the plane anymore. And then the plane, going about 250 miles an hour, broke up in midair and everyone died in, instantly. This, this uh, crew of civil engineers up in Ohio lost 18, 
18 of its uh, airmen. 18. And so I was deployed to be with one of the families. And uh, we went into a screening area where the colonel met with us and he described what had happened and how the incident occurred and everybody grieved and it was heavy. I mean, it was just very, very heavy. I've worked three airplane uh, crashes in my time. By the way, the Air Force doesn't have crashes, we have mishaps. Just a nice way of saying it. We have mishaps. And um, so I, I figured I've, I've had about enough. I just can't deal with any more grief. And I came back to the seminar room where the, uh, the, the commons area rather, where the chaplains had gathered. And I just broke down and started crying. And uh, I just couldn't stop. Because I'd already been a part of the uh, uh, ministry to the C-130 crew. We lost five airmen in, in that uh, mishap in Evansville. Um, we had another accident uh, where we lost crew, crew members, and this was the third one. And it's just terrible. It's terrible, terrible grief. So I came back into the commons area where the other chaplains were, and I said to the lead uh, chaplain, I said, I just can't do this anymore. And he said something to me that changed my life. He put his arm around me and he said, you can do this. You can do this. And something came over me that gave me a sense of, yeah, I can. Because I'm not by myself. I've got friends here with me. God is with us. We're walking together with the family, and I'm not going to abandon this grief journey with this family. I'm going to stay with them. And that's what a cheerleader does. A cheerleader will tell you, you can do this. You say, I don't have the strength, or I don't know if I'm up to the task. They may know you better than you know yourself. And a good cheerleader will say, yes, you can do this. Now, I've named all of those, but the fourth one is the one we like the least. And he's the prophet. Who in your life is your prophet? They tell you things that you don't want to hear. Uh, being a pastor is nice because everybody loves the pastor and the pastor loves them back. But a prophet will stand up here and tell you the truth that you don't want to hear. That you don't want to hear. Who is the prophet in your life? Who are you hanging out with that will tell you the truth and just let it stand? If you have a cheerleader and you have a harasser, a cheerleader who says you can do this, if you have a harasser that, that brings you back down to reality from time to time, if you have an encourager, someone who will walk along beside you through the times of, of your life, and if you have a prophet, if you have one of those four people in your life, if you have all four in your life, you have a winning combination of true friends. So don't be scared of the prophet. Don't be scared of the harasser. A friend of mine went from Natchitoches First Baptist Church to Dallas First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. And he was leading the choir. Now, First Baptist Dallas has this huge balcony. And then the balcony sweeps over this way, and it's full of people. And then the balcony sweeps back over this way, and it's full of choir members. Must be 200 people up there in the choir. 
And Gary Moore was the name of the music uh, minister that was leading the music First Baptist Dallas. It was his first big gig, if you will. And there was one lady in that choir that read him the right act every week. She just wrote him, this is not right, that's not right, we can do better here, we can do better there, and it would just get under his skin. And Gary Moore told Dr. W.A. Criswell, he said, I'm going to quit. This woman in the choir is driving me crazy. And he said to Gary Moore, she's why you are here. She is why you are here. You need her. You need her to help you grow. And you need her to help you do a better job. So don't be afraid of the harassers in your life. Don't be afraid of the prophets in your life. Welcome the cheerleaders and welcome the encouragers as well. Continually sharpen the saw. Third and finally, and this is a little more vague, but I hope you get the idea. Be defined, but stay connected. What do I mean by that? To be defined means that you could stand up here and you could say what these seniors said earlier in our church service. My plans are to attend college, become a pro wrestler. Uh, who, who was the pro wrestler out there? There you go. I, I planned to, <clears throat> you were making a statement about who you were and where you were going in life. That's what it means to be defined. You could stand up before a crowd and say, this is what I value, these are my principles, and this is where I choose to go in my life. That's being defined. But as you continue the journey in being defined, don't forget to stay connected. Stay connected to the family that raised you. They know you better than yourself. Stay connected to the friends in high school and go to the class reunion every year. I remember going to mine and I'm thinking, gosh, those people are old. <clears throat> Not me, surely. <laughs> Just because I got a few gray hairs, don't, yeah, we're all, we're all aging. Stay connected. Because it's when we cut people off when we cut people off, we cut off uh, relationships with others, we actually think we're getting away from them. But the truth is, we're carrying them with us, and they are defining us. It, it's, it's what I want to forget about mom and dad, that I leave home and I go away, and I still hear that voice. My dad always said, my mom always said, they are with you. That's what the Bible means when it says, raise up a child in the way in which he's to go, and he will not depart from it. What you have been taught as a preschooler about God, your impressions of who God is and what God is like, will be with you for the rest of your life. You cannot escape that. So stay connected. This will keep you grounded in the truth. Because what you've been taught in the house of God here is truth. Stay connected. Be defined, but stay connected. Stay connected to people who disagree with you. 
Stay connected to people who may harass you. Stay connected to people who will encourage you. And stay connected to people who will be your cheerleader. So if I could summarize these three, the winning combination for achieving a well-defined, worthwhile goal. That's what success is. It would be number one, always begin with the end in mind. How do you want to be remembered? And number two, continually sharpen the saw with these four friends, your cheerleader, your harasser, your prophet, and your encourager. And then number three, be defined, be able to say what your principles are, be able to state where you're going in life and what you will do and what you will not do, but always stay connected with your heritage, particularly your godly heritage. Timothy did that. He was connected to his mother and his grandmother. And because of the witness of his grandmother and his mother, he had the winning combination of being a disciple, a certain disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for models in the Scripture like Timothy, men of God who defined who they were and stood out and said, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. Men who had friends around them that helped them to sharpen their saw. And men who remained faithful to the very, very end. And that we can say about them that they are our Timothys. They are our models. They are who we want to be like too. And God, I pray today if there be one person who's not yet given their life to Jesus, that they will begin with the end in mind, understanding that we all will face the judgment of Almighty God. And only through the blood of Jesus Christ are we forgiven of our sin and made right with God. And I pray today if there be one person who has not yet committed their life to Jesus, that they'll come during this invitation. We'll pray that prayer together. And they'll follow through in believers' baptism and discipleship. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church you too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.